Hey everybody, welcome back. We're so glad that you're here. AJ Jones? Yes, sir. How was your week? It was good. Uh, lots of meetings and Zoom calls. Did well, we do anything fun? Nobody wants to hear about Zoom calls. No. Uh, did we do anything fun? We're building our island on Animal Crossing. Yeah, Animal Crossing. Sorry about that. Oh, wait, although I'm not, because I saw this great tweet yesterday. So Animal Crossing is a game where it's basically Playhouse for grown-ups. And so it's, the idea is... Yes, it's totally, it's totally Playhouse Basically, for you have an island that's your own that you cultivate and you build houses on. And, it's and you a, like plant bushes and put up fences and decorate rooms. Catch and butterflies, catch sell. Catch butterflies. Sort of yeah, you, you, yeah, catch Complete and Complete distraction from reality. However, yesterday I saw somebody tweet using the hashtag Animal Crossing thing. Yeah. And in the game, you can buy and sell things. And one of the things you want to buy and sell is turnips. And so everybody wants to know what... what and the price changes on everybody's islands. I promise the story is going somewhere. <laughs> we hope, You're like, right? what, what did I tune into? Moving I thought this was going to be on feelings. Yeah. Uh, and somebody tweeted out, oh, like my turnip prices, whatever the price was. And Elijah Wood, the actor reached out to the person on Twitter and said, uh, can I come to your island? I've got a lot of turnips to sell. So this person was like, sure. So Elijah Wood came to her island and they hung out for like half an hour or an hour. That is so funny. And I so was like, funny. oh, I love it. So, that is so funny. Yeah, it's it's fun actually. Uh, Abigail has her own island now. And so uh, I go to her island and bring her stuff that she needs and she brings us stuff that, you know, well, she doesn't have that much mm. at the moment. Um, but I I saw a, a tweet or a post by somebody who was like, yeah, they're doing math, Animal Crossing, you know, like they're selling things and buying things and whatever. And then they were like, yeah, they're learning stuff and doing science. All you have to do is read about all the little plants and things that they pick up. <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, good. Then my kids are yeah, doing great. <laughs> we're not playing Nintendo. We're homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, we're homeschooling. Via Animal Crossing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. our Animal Crossing update. I'm sure that's the part that you tuned in that for. That is definitely what you um, wanted to hear. We've been talking about feelings. We have. And we want to give a very big thank you to everybody who's been tuning in. Thank you to those of you who've watched, who've been listening, who've sent in encouraging messages. There's one group of people, AJ and I want to do an extended thank you to, though, and that is our patrons. They are beautiful people, just like you, who support the show financially. So they give uh, about a dollar, well, from as little as a dollar up to whatever they want to give uh, per episode. And traditionally, one of the perks of being a patron is that we release the video. Uh, they get video access to it. And so really, they've been helping us get video working. Yes. Because video is really hard. Inexpensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they've been super, super helpful. So I want to just say a very big thank you on behalf of AJ and I to all our patron supporters. They have really made the video available to everybody uh, in this season. We made a decision when we started podcasting again, especially in this COVID season. Excuse me. Somebody's watch is not on silent. I forgot to mute my watch. I say that with judgment, but I'll need to check mine now. Mm -hmm. uh, we really want to extend a big thank you to our patrons. When we started podcasting again, it was at the start of the COVID, uh, what do you call it? 19. The stay at home thing. Yes. And really, we wanted to be with people, and video is such a compelling medium, and we just made the patron privilege of having videos available to everyone. So thank you to our patrons for helping us get up and running yes, with video. Yes, thank you very, very much. Thank you to everybody watching. If you would like to become a patron, super simple. Just go to alanandaj.com slash patron, and you can support the show from as little as a dollar an episode, and you'll have access to all the videos as well when we eventually return back to post-COVID normality. Yes, Whatever. but 
people that also like. have access to outtakes and stuff that the normal people oh, won't yeah. have. The normal, the normal people. people, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know who the normal people Let's are. Let's not talk about normality. If you find the normal people, please let us know. We'd like to meet them. <laughs> We've been talking about eight feelings. It's the work of Dr. Chip Dodd. He's written a brilliant book called The Voice of the Heart. We've been encouraging everybody to read it as we're doing the podcast. We learned about it through Chip's organization called Sage Hill. Um, we've done some of their training. We've just found them to be an incredibly life-giving organization. And we have really appreciated the Sage Hill people, their yes. staff. Uh, we've just had tremendous experiences with them. And so we're deeply, deeply appreciative of them. We've been talking about the eight core feelings. AJ, can you memorize them? Have you memorized them? Um, I'm, I don't know I if I, I have, have them in order. I think, okay, you ready? I'm ready. Are you going to, uh, here's my question. Are you going to put a slide up on the screen so they can't tell that I'm reading it off of a slide? No, I want you to look <laughs> in that camera and I want you to just like prove that you've memorized and commit okay. them to memory. Um, so they would be hurt, lonely, sad. Maybe we should play feeling charades. <laughs> Where I demonstrate what the yeah, story should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? Okay. So you've okay, got well, you got ready. hurt, okay. lonely, sad. The next yeah. one is uh, mad, angry. Yes. Oh, fear. Uh, sh- that's not one. That's shame. Clearly, oh, I that's was shame. Say shy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should just read okay. the list. Okay. Shame. Go, keep going. This is good. This okay. Is good. Shame. Uh, yeah. Pensive. Guilt. What? Oh. <laughs> Pensive. <laughs> Was pensive ever on the list? And then the last one is... Glad. Okay, well, that was torturous. Okay, we got hurt, lonely, sad, angry, fear, shame, guilt, and glad. I still can't memorize them off the top of my head. I really can't. I still, like, if Alan's like, how are you feeling? I need to pull up this stinking chart on my phone. Me too. But I was looking at it every week for a while. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about these eight core feelings... We've already talked about why there's only eight. And here's the beauty of them only being eight. Some people are like, oh, but that's super limiting. It isn't limiting. It's beautiful because it forces you to A, have a common language, which is really good. But B, also helps you distill what you are feeling made uh, made out of those eight core ingredients. And the, the danger is if we've been taught not to trust our feelings, not to value them, we end up with these kind of meta feelings where we say like, appropriate things that might not actually be true to what we're feeling. So yeah. we don't say I'm feeling fear. We're like, oh, I have a little bit of anxiety. I've got butterflies in my tummy. Uh, we don't say that. I'm, I feel a little off. I feel a little off. You know, these kind of vague, yeah. that, that doesn't build intimacy or connection at all. And uh, our challenge to you last week was whenever you have something going on inside of you, do the work of stopping and going, okay, I'm feeling x what is x made up of if i had to put my finger on one of those eight things yeah and our encouragement is try using these eight things because it moves you towards the truth of what's going on in your heart rather than the appeasement of what's going on in your head that makes it slightly more appropriate to be with people that's what i was going to say is i have realized as a contemplative person who often uh i'm thinking about something for ages before it ever makes it out of my face Mm -hmm. uh it's helped me move from my head to my heart to have only eight yeah and and then i can actually figure out what's going on with me where all of the other words that i want to throw at how i'm feeling uh don't have a whole bunch of definitions so they didn't help me very much sure yeah and it serves you to be really truthful with yourself, with God, and with other people. Yeah. And these eight feelings, as restrictive as they initially felt, have actually become incredibly freeing for me. Yeah. So good. 
Last week, we also introduced the concept that every feeling comes with two things. It comes with a... An impairment. Yes. And a gift. And how do you get to the gift and how do you get to the impairment? You get to the gift by feeling your feelings. Yeah. And you end up in the impairment by trying to avoid feeling your feelings or yeah. just shoving it down. Yeah. So it's this amazing thing that, that all of these gifts are actually blessings from God. If you accept you're human, if you realize I'm feeling this feeling, if you sit with the feeling, if you don't run away from it, if you sit with it, if you talk about it, if you begin to process and get in touch with what you're feeling, eventually you find the gift that's inherent with that feeling. And as AJ said, if you refuse to feel your feelings, if you're just if you deny that that's what you're feeling, what ends up is you end up with an impairment that begins to like eke out of the side and really begins to wreak havoc in your relationships. Yeah. So last week we talked about hurt and this week we're going to talk about lonely i was just thinking you didn't have to act out lonely what what would you have done for lonely oh, i didn't have to act out lonely no. why did i not have to act out lonely because you nailed it said, it's the first three yeah, yeah. And lonely. i don't know i would probably have done an interpretive dance yeah um, while i too sing bad on you my own in that. the background mm-hmm. patrons look out for my interpretive <laughs> dance <laughs> yeah coming later this yeah. week yeah. Be beautiful wait now i feel like i have to do something <laughs> okay give me my lycra bodysuit oh, we're dear. going for it okay Loneliness. Before we can talk about loneliness, we have to talk about the two great needs that every human being faces, and that's the need to belong and the need to matter. And loneliness speaks to both of those needs uh, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Thank You're you. welcome. I yeah. lost the power of speech. You know, it's all right. I'm here for you. When we when we're aware of our loneliness, when we're feeling lonely, what it does is it actually motivates us to. Uh, toward getting both those needs met, belonging and mattering. So the important thing to understand about loneliness is it's not a curse. Loneliness is actually a gift from God. And you're like, Alan, how the heck does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't like feeling lonely. Where is the gift in that? Right. Well, the gift in that is the Lord gave us loneliness so that we would be fueled to find relationship. Because we're built. We're built for relationship. So we'll move out of where we don't belong, which is feeling lonely, We experience this gift and it motivates us to connection and to friendship. It's interesting in Chip's book, he actually brings up the three different areas of loneliness that we can feel. So you can feel lonely with God, you can feel lonely with yourself, and you can feel lonely with other people. And I think when I read that, I was like, wow, yeah, I can relate to all of Mm -hmm. those things. You know, it's that, what's that expression about, you know, you're in a room with a hundred people, but you still feel absolutely alone. Do you know the one I'm talking about? There's some like catchy thing. We'll make it up later. Is it an ancient Chinese proverb? (laughs) Yeah, we'll add it in when the dance gets uh, added in. Yeah, uh, it's easy to see how you could be lonely with other people because that's probably the one we're most aware of. Yeah. You know, where you're at a party and you feel like everybody knows everybody, but you're the odd person out. Or you're having this, uh, you know, conversation that will just not end. Somebody's talking at you rather than being with you and you feel lonely. Oh, yes. But this whole notion of being lonely with yourself is something I never, never considered until doing some group work, till reading Chip's book. Chip explains it as when we're lonely with ourselves. We actually begin to feel our feelings, begin to feel what it's like to be with us. We get an understanding of our heart and appreciation for our heart, which in turn gives us fluency with other people's hearts and appreciation of other people's hearts. And I I thought that was beautiful. The other thing he talks about is being lonely with God. And if you've been raised in the church, you're just immediately quoting Hebrews going, you know, I will never leave you, never forsake you. How could you possibly be lonely with God? Well, think about it. Like in my journey with the Lord, it's, it's always been the Lord pursuing me, me getting more of God, me delighting in the abundance of God, and then me realizing as much as I have, I still want more. Yes. 
And that's because we're living on this side of eternity. So our, we're, you know, eternal spirits having a temporary human experience. We long to be with God. It says in Scripture that God's set eternity in the hearts of man. That hunger, that longing, that desiring to be with the Lord is, is the loneliness that we feel. And it started right after the fall. You know, the first game of hide-and-seek mentioned in the Bible is where, you know, Adam and Eve have sinned, and, and the Lord's going like, where are you? Like, he doesn't <laughs> he already doesn't, know. Right. It's like a child when you're playing hide-and-seek with a toddler, right? Right. The adult absolutely knows where the child is. Adam and Eve, like, they laughed. They were deeply lonely with the Lord, and he went pursuing them. I had that this week. I realized that I was... I don't know if I was angry at God. I think I had feelings I didn't want to feel, and a lot of them were about the Lord. And I realized I was just hiding from the Lord. Like I'm like, that's insane. And what I didn't do was I didn't feel my loneliness with the Lord. I tried to avoid it by Netflix and by food and by video games. And eventually, in the patience of the Lord, actually what happened was I had a deadline for work. And I was like, Lord, you and I both know I can't accomplish this deadline without you. But it seems churlish of me to sit down and just say, hey, could you give me the answers for this test? Right. I actually need to be with you, first of all. And then suddenly being with the Lord course corrected all this ungodly thinking I had about, you know, being with the Lord and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. But that was my loneliness with the Lord being met with the Lord. Did yeah. any of that make any sense? Well, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was cute. You're so cute that it's distracting at times, I have to say. I should just look this way. But there's a monitor where you can just see me. I know, but I'm trying not to look at that. Okay. How's that working? <laughs> it's look, it's working okay right now. What about but... if I take my shirt off? Oh, dear. Okay, we <laughs> and we're back. I've got her like that. So we know what it's like to be lonely with other people. I've tried to describe, I don't know if I butchered it, being lonely with God, being lonely with ourselves. AJ Jones, what is the gift of feeling lonely? The gift of feeling lonely. So if we choose to feel lonely, Mm -hmm. then we ultimately end up with intimacy and connection. And we saw a little bit of that last week, didn't we? Remember we were talking about feelings? Yeah. And you were talking about feeling lonely. Remember we had this kind of like pillow talk. You you were like, I feel sad. I feel lonely. And then I asked like, hey, what does it feel like process? And you're like, I feel less lonely. Yeah, I feel less lonely. Here's the thing that I'm really angry about, like passionate about is all of this stuff that we're talking about, if you only buy the book and read the book or only listen to podcasts, it's not enough because like uh, somehow it doesn't make sense. Like, so I sit with my lonely and suddenly I feel connected. It just, that does not make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But it's like the best things in life. I could describe how good chocolate is or how sweet strawberries are, but it's better if you eat the strawberries and eat the chocolate yourself to get an understanding. Right. Feelings work in theory only is just, it's going to be empty. So it's crazy. You've, you have like to you do said, the work. Yeah, you, you have to actually sit in your lonely try and it. you feel yeah. connected. Yeah. One of the things we notice in group, you know, when we do group work, we'll, you know, I might share and then the group facilitator, facilitator might be like, hey, who has feedback for Alan and what it's like to be with him? And, and just that process of being vulnerable with other people in a group, even though they can't fix your problem, even though they can't change the things that you might feel hurt, sad, lonely, or whatever about, just actually doing the work of bringing your feelings, making them visible to the outside, giving the gift of yourself to other people. It's amazing how connected, how not lonely. We 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 joke because, you know, the gift of lonely is intimacy, but it feels weird to say, well, how do you feel being with Alan today? I feel really intimate. So <laughs> we find words to not sound like it's intimate. You know, I feel less lonely. Oh, you mean intimate? Yes. But the <laughs> Yeah, I feel known, feel understood, feel connected, feel like I belong, feel like yeah. I matter. Yeah. 
intimacy, yeah. connection, super yeah. important. What about the impairment? If we refuse to feel our lonely, which, by the way, Chip says that loneliness is the feeling that we as humans work the hardest to not feel, which is a bold statement. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing all that work to not feel lonely, to deny our heart's needs of connection, what do we end up with? We end up with apathy. Apathy. Yeah. And apathy is this impaired attempt to pretend we don't care that we are lonely. Yeah. Which yeah. is really denying how we're made. Right. So it never works. It really, you have to basically stunt everything to stay in apathy and not, you know, and not feel all the things you're trying to avoid feeling. Right. So think about it. Out of all the eight feelings, this is the one the human race is desperately trying not to feel. Yeah. And, you know, a- apathy is just this best attempt to deny how we're made. Like, the, oh, I, don't, I don't need people. I don't need connection. And ironically, the thing that we most often run to is TV shows about other people who are not lonely. So the reason we love Friends and the reason we love, you know, yeah. all these TV shows is we get to sit on the edges of other people doing intimacy. That's so funny. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We we try and hide or mask our, our loneliness. Yeah. So I'm refusing to feel I'm lonely because, you, you know what, like I'm a dude. I don't need all this intimate nonsense. Like I'm fine. You know what? Me and Jesus, we're best friends. I don't even need people. Yeah. I've got the me plus the, the Trinity. That's the majority. I'm totally fine. I don't even need connection. Don't need people. Right. The religious line. Right. Me so, plus the Trinity. <laughs> so what is that? How am I going to be experienced? Like what's the type of stuff an apathetic person says? Um, Stuff like... I, I don't even care about that. Doesn't That doesn't matter to me. Right. You know? I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's fine. We, and we deride anybody else who's having legitimate connections. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at that person. They're so needy. They're weak. Oh, my gosh. Look yeah. at them. Oh, you, oh so yeah. you need people? Like, I don't need people. I'm totally fine. And it's like, no, you do. You absolutely do. You're built to need people. Yeah. And, and here's the other crazy thing is the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, they want to be in relationship with you. Like, they want to have intimacy. They want to have connection. So if we haven't practiced the skills, the same place in our heart where we connect with other people is the same place in our heart where we connect with the Father. So if we're like, God is okay, but people will only let me down, so I'm not going to be intimate with them, we're having a substandard connection with the Father. Well, it doesn't work, because I think once you build walls against feeling your emotions, you can't just choose who gets to go on what side of it. I think you end up walling out God in the process of walling out people. Well, it says like, you know, you can't say that you love God whom you can't see, but hate your brother whom you can. Like, you're, you're in total denial if that's your situation, which, by the way, was absolute my whole life, so... I'm preaching to the the choir. But you here. don't have a brother. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go back and talk about sadness. Is sarcasm on there somewhere? Uh, yes. We? <laughs> we'll get to sad uh, sarcasm. Um, Chip said this in his book. Bu- in his book, uh, the voice of the heart he says this: apathy is the opposite of love. Loneliness acknowledges the need for love. Apathy attempts to negate it. Unacknowledged loneliness makes orphans of us all. Chip. I know, it's brutal. Why you got to go there, Chip? Oh, but it's so true. <laughs> David, uh, King David, so good at feeling his feelings. Like, you read the book of Psalms, it's one big feelings journal, right? Yes. He's having lots of feelings. Feeling festival. All of the time. Yep. But one of the things about, about David was he was so good at feeling his feelings, and you can actually chart the path of his feelings and him finding the gifts. Let me read you this. This is Psalm 25, verse 16, and David said this. He says, turn to me 
and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Here, we're seeing that his loneliness leads him to the Lord. Him feeling his feelings takes him to be with the Lord. Right. He finds his need by feeling his feelings. Right. He's basically like, I'm so lonely. Would you come, please come be with me? Right. And he knows that God actually isn't threatened by us feeling our feelings. Right. We're allowed to feel our feelings. We're built to have feelings. Yep. God built us that way. And that's one of the things I actually love about the Psalms is for those that want to argue that, you know, we're not supposed to be emotional people. Mm-hmm. Well, David certainly was. Mm-hmm. And, and God said he was a man after God's own heart. So yeah. it seems like feeling your feelings is actually maybe really a good thing. Right. Mm-hmm. The solution to our loneliness is to embrace the loneliness and find out where it leads us, not deny it and pretend that it doesn't exist. Right. Which you can't anyway. At some point, that beach ball comes back up. Right. So pretending you're not lonely yeah. is like pushing that beach ball under the water. Eventually, yeah. it's going to, you know... Come boing. back up with spectacular results. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is, all you're doing when you're denying your loneliness is pretending you're not lonely. Like, you become inauthentic. You you actually move yourself further from the authentic relationships that you're built to have. Yeah. So we're talking about David. That is Psalm 25. By the time you get to Psalm 68, David says this, God sets the lonely in families. Ah, why? I love that. See, (laughs) David has the revelation that this is what the Father wants to do for us. Mm -hmm. In our loneliness, he wants to put us where we belong and where we matter. That might not be your family of origin, by the way. The family you grew up in might not be the place where you're going to feel like you belong and matter. Like For me, our culture at Gray Center, I feel like I belong and matter at Gray Center. I feel like I have a community of people who love me and celebrate me, even in all my weaknesses and all my quirks. Yep. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you find your tribe and you find a place where you belong. And it's God's heart for you to experience that. And if you're like, I haven't found that yet, it could be because you haven't been feeling your feelings of loneliness. Yeah. I think, too, if in just thinking about the role of parents and their role is to call their children to life, if we didn't have that in our families of origin, the Lord is so good that he puts other people around us that will actually be the people that call us to life. And those end up being usually like lifetime relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, like when I think about who my family are, they're all over the world in many ways. Yeah. And there's certainly, you know, plenty of them here and but there's plenty of them still in Toronto and whatever, you know, that are they are my family, right. but they're not my blood. But God put me in a family to heal my heart and to teach me about trusting others and community and uh, health. And it's beautiful to be able to go home, so to speak, to be with the people that love you and uh, feel like you belong, feel like you matter. Feel Absolutely. Connection. So what do you do? We want to leave you with this. I mean, that's a, this is our third feeling that we've been talking about, your loneliness. If you feel your loneliness, it leads to connection, leads to intimacy. If you refuse to feel your loneliness, it, it, and you end up in apathy, which is this impaired attempt to deny that you're human and you, you don't need other people. So if in listening to this, if in watching these videos, you're like, okay, it sounds like I need to do some feelings work around lonely, where is the best place to start? I would start by journaling about it. Right. I would start by sitting with the Lord and just being like, wow, I think maybe I am running from my lonely. Mm-hmm. God, can you can we have a conversation about this? Do a lonely inventory. Where do I feel lonely in life? Yeah. Do I feel lonely at work? Who do I feel lonely with? You know, and do a little chart, not a chart. 
Okay, sorry, left brainer wants to make a chart. But like examine, like just do this inventory of where do I feel lonely? Where do I feel less lonely? Who do I feel less lonely with? Just begin to talk to the Lord. When we talk about journaling, we're just talking about writing out your prayers to the Lord and listening for what he might want to have to say um, about that. We'll put a link in our show notes where we teach four steps to journaling to hearing God's voice. But a really, really powerful first step of actually talking about your lonely. If you're in a community of people who are listening to this podcast all together and you know, you've got some historical friendships with these people, begin talking about like what does it feel like for you to be lonely. I want to jump in a little bit with a a personal testimony. I mean, I am very, very acquainted with lonely. Yes. I didn't realize I was, but in doing group work. Uh, I began to realize, wow, I am so familiar with the feeling of lonely. And I've built really elaborate systems to try and get the needs of lonely met without having to feel lonely, which is, by the way, a disaster. Uh, But one of the things AJ and I commented on since doing this healing work, I would say pre-doing the feelings work, I realized that a lot of the men especially that I really esteemed, that I really looked up to, all had one thing in common. Now, I didn't know this before doing this work. I didn't have the vocabulary for it. But they were all very smart people, but they were all people who had excelled at being okay with being lonely and not feeling lonely. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a clunky way of saying it. So there were people, leaders, men who, you know, when I was around, I'm like, oh, they validate my approach to life, which is, you know, fortress of solitude. I'm fine, just me and Jesus, and I've got a wife, and that's great. <laughs> and then the more and more work I did around feelings, when I would be around these people, I would be like, what has happened? Like, what's wrong? What's happened to them? And AJ's like, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, nothing has changed since the last time you saw them. What's changed is your appetite for connection. And I'm like, oh. And I had this realization that actually I'd built my connection, my identity around not needing people. And now that I'm a needy person who desires connection, I'm realizing where previously these people were scintillating conversation for me. Now, when I'm with them, I'm just like, I feel really lonely with them because we're talking all about abstract stuff up here and never going near the heart. And so it's it's so funny what that does. And I'm realizing, gosh, how many people have felt lonely with me over the years? I had a dear friend. I have a dear friend. And we were talking a couple of months ago about this feelings work. And he said, Alan, my experience of being with you prior to you doing this healing work was me constantly thinking of interesting things to keep your attention. Because if you weren't interested, it felt lonely being with you. And I was like, I am so, that sounds lonely being with me. And he said, and now like being, you know, having, you haven't done this feelings work. I feel like I can connect and be with you. And I'm not trying to think of complex things that might interest you. And I'm like, oh, Wow. And that that what he was describing was such a familiar feeling for me. Yeah. Um and I was like, "Oh, that's so sad, so lonely." Yeah. I think my lonely manifested a little bit differently. Like we were talking before the show about, you know, can I remember seasons of loneliness? I can remember years and years of loneliness. Uh, you know, particularly teenage late late teenage, mm-hmm. early 20s, you know, uh, before I started going to the church in Toronto and started uh, experiencing healthy family. Right. Um, but I would say I had, as a survivor, 
uh, apathy was a great tool for me. Oh, of course. You know, because as long as I didn't care, then it didn't matter what had been done to me. It didn't matter how much oh. more was going to be done. Uh, it didn't matter about anything, really. Uh, if I could shove that thing down mm-hmm. and just survive it, survive everything. And I remember coming in contact with like John and Carol and uh, other people that are safe people for me in Toronto. And they did feel things and they did show real emotion and they did, you know, cry and all the things that I, I didn't allow myself to cry. And, yeah. you know, like I, I just feelings were something I wanted as far from me as humanly possible. Right. Um, and, but I, I knew I was so lonely. Yes. Uh, and I, I sort of got affronted by that cause I, I, I couldn't choose God and choose the Holy spirit and choose lonely. Mm-hmm. And so I remember just feeling like everything was sort of, wow, this is all new and scary. Right. Cause now I have this choice of, wow, do I, live life the way I'm created to live or do I continue surviving life? Right. Which was working for me, but it wasn't working for me. You know? What What about now? Like in, in, in starting all of this feelings work and having new language, what have you noticed in, in our relationship in your relationships with other people and our appetites for connection? Like what, what do you notice has shifted? I would say, uh, Oh gosh, what shifted? I, I cry more. I feel things more and let myself feel mm-hmm. things more. Um, I really only want authentic and real relationship. I don't want to do shallow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do surface. Um, I never really liked shallow or surface before, uh, but I use that as an excuse to back away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, don't, I think there's probably a lot different. That's a good question. I probably want to contemplate it a little bit more. Little what have you seen? I was just thinking, I went for some ministry many years ago, like three, maybe three and a half, four years ago, I went for some ministry because the the most, and this is before I'd done any feelings work, the, the largest presenting issue in my life at that time was boredom. And my boredom was leading me to sabotage my personal and professional relationships because I was just bored. Yeah. And so I booked some ministry with some really skilled ministers and I go in to see them. And it's Denise and Ginger. And I sit down, they're like, okay, so like what, you know, like you've come for some ministry, like, you know, what, what would you like us to minister into? And I'm like, well, you know, the kind of the, the biggest presenting issue for me is in my personal and professional life, I am constantly bored. And I'm worried that in my boredom, I'm beginning to sabotage relationships because I want something more. And they're like, oh, so you're bored. And they said, we found that boredom is just loneliness with a touch of anger. Now, I hadn't done any of this feelings work at all. So I, you know, and I'm not even sure if they were using this terminology. I don't but know. I was like, yes, a lot of my life, like that apathy. If you think about a teenager, you know, who doesn't want to feel their feelings, like, are you having a fun time? Like, oh, I'm just so bored. You know, we're going to move to this yeah. doesn't interest me. You know, I'm not engaging. And you know, the, for, the, for the bulk of my hu- human life, you know. For you the know, bulk of before, my human life, when you weren't a human, <laughs> for the bulk of my adult life, I have been bored. Yeah, and in today's parlance, I would say that I was feeling lonely with anger. Yeah, uh, anger for connection, and so I remember. I don't know when it was, maybe six months ago. AJ and I were out for dinner. Being bored is a terrible thing for a pastor to be. 
because you know I'm paid to care and sit and be with people, and if I'm all of a sudden bored, like you know, people are going to feel that boredom. You cannot hide what you're feeling; it's yeah. going to come out. Yeah. And we've had a couple of those confrontations. One time, AJ and I had to do an interview. One time, AJ and I had to do an interview for a position at Grayson. We're interviewing a staff position, and uh, I was having a—I was having a really bad attitude. Oh, I and remember so this. So AJ yeah. and I went out for dinner with uh, this um, person who's being interviewed for this position, and it became fairly clear fairly early on that this was probably not going to work out as a position so now i've got to the end of the point of why i'm here like within about five minutes i'm like this is probably not going to work yeah and so in my head i'm like well we're done you know like there's no point you know but we've just ordered our starters we still have the main course and dessert so i am struggling to maintain connection now please please understand this is me being dishonoring this is me being immature this is me not on my best behavior this is not kind to the person we're with but i'm thinking they probably don't even notice right i'm thinking i i'm hiding how bored i am well yeah i think we were both struggling and i just used the kids to help me check out like they were there and i needed you know what i mean like so i think we both checked out of the conversation but we we didn't think it was that obvious didn't think it was obvious thought we're super skilled at hiding uh, how we're feel uh, how we're feeling yeah well this person, rightly so, is so dishonored that they actually send an email to our uh, HR person at the time and just saying, hey, thank you for the weekend. It feels like this is not going to be a good fit. Uh, we really enjoyed meeting you. Can we be honest, though? We had a really negative experience uh, with Alan and AJ. They just felt really bored. They felt really disconnected. And so, you know. And, and they were right. And they were right. And I was like shocked. Like, but, but. But I'm so good at hiding what I'm feeling. You, nobody's good at hiding what you're feeling. Everybody is experiencing what you're experiencing all the time. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I tell that story with chagrin, with sorrow, with deep sadness. I wrote yeah. to that person and I apologized to them. I said, hey, you, you called it correctly. I, you know, I can't apologize enough. I was unprofessional of me. It was unchristlike of me. It was not kind Unkind, of me. Unkind, yeah. But that was me refusing to feel that I am lonely in this situation. And I'm just thinking the problem was them. I tell that story as a contrast to say that wasn't an uncommon feeling for me to be to be bored. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say I've noticed the more that I've been willing to feel emotion, actually, the more I feel connected to people. And so I enjoy I enjoy the stories more. I right. enjoy, I really want to get to know people uh, where before I probably really wanted to get to know some people Right. where now I really enjoy everybody like i'm enjoying people's stories i'm enjoying people because i'm actually willing to feel stuff well that was the crescendo i was reaching to oh like now what that's fine (laughs) now what i've realized is and you've you know i've said to you we've gone out for dinner with people as you know as we're in pastoral we're meeting with people and we might be having a meeting and i'm like i'm loving their story i'm wanting to be with them i'm feeling way less lonely i'm you know i want to ask questions because my curiosity is leading me to want to connect with people and that sadly is like a new feeling for me yeah in the and last couple beautiful. of years yeah, yeah and i yeah. love it so good so there you go feeling lonely is a gift from god it will lead you to connection i highly encourage you doing it uh what are the things that everybody needs to know we're talking about places to belong and matter. We have the glorious opportunity of working at Grace Center, which as a culture, as a church, places a high value on the healing of the heart and on connection and wholehearted living. And we have a school 
of really of transformation. I was going to call it a school of ministry, but it's not for those who want to be in ministry. It's those who want to live life fully. Right. It's called yeah. the School of Supernatural Life. It starts in September. September runs through to April. Our applications for the school are open. You would come here, you would do the school in gorgeous Franklin, Tennessee, and it's going to be the 11th year that we're running the school. Is that right? It is. Yeah, 11 this, years we've been running it. Yeah. The school now has three years. Um, they're all optional. So uh, year one is the main year that most people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you wanted to continue, you could do year two or year three. And uh, the applications close June 15th. So, yeah, we're we're excited about this year. And um, I'm super excited about some of the speakers we already have booked for this year. So, yes, yeah, we'll really, put a really link exciting. in the show notes. You can watch videos and testimonies of people who've absolutely had their life transformed just in eight months. It's amazing. Uh, AJ and I have the privilege of doing a, 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 a large amount of teaching on the school. We bring in just experts in their fields from all over the world to come yeah. and minister. And uh, it's open to everybody as long as you've uh, finished high school. Our youngest student has been 17. Our oldest student has been 77. Full range. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 70-something. Runs on Mondays and Tuesdays. We'll put a link in the show note. We'd really encourage you. If you're looking for a change, if you're looking for something uh, more full living, uh, then come to our School of Supernatural Life. We'd love to have you. If you are listening to our dulcet tones in your ears, you might be interested to know that you can watch the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel, which... Uh, Half of us didn't know we had. I didn't know we had a YouTube channel until this week. I, Alan was like, I was trying to watch the podcast and I was watching it on Instagram. And the one that he does for Instagram, it goes back and forth between our faces, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, where's the full video? And he's like, oh, it's on our YouTube channel. And I was like, we have a YouTube channel? So so we do. We have a YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash Alan and AJ, you can watch these videos in all their high definition glory. Um, we are posting these videos to Instagram TV too. If you are a person who likes Instagram and you want to watch videos in a vertical mode, we edit them to fit that format too. Uh, so you can listen to them in your ears in your podcast client. You can watch them on video. And I can't think of anything else to say. Oh, and lastly, if you want show notes for this week, go to alanandaj.com. Okay, bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.